You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. It's uh, it's February. Yes. Love's in the air. Yes, it is. Spring is almost here. The flowers are budding. Animals are getting together in cutesy ways. I don't know. Is that thing that happens? Do they come out of hibernation and they just start mating? Yeah, because you, know, you haven't done anything for a while. You're like, oh, I'm broke. <laughs> and that's cheap. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking about the great love couples i guess that's the way to put it of yeah. comic books well we're gonna start off with what we will start off with the what is it the, the first couple of each of the big universes so we'll talk about the first couple of dc comics in our opinion and then the first couple of marvel comics and then after that we're gonna talk about that the elusive bachelor of each universe and we're gonna <laughs> sit down and we're gonna regurgitate a little bit of who we think they should end up with and of course yeah. one of us is right when it comes to the dc one and then, you and know, then there's opinions chris is wrong <laughs> Tom King, where you at? <laughs> uh, all right. So yes, we will. This week we are going to talk about the first couple in our eyes of the DC universe, and who could that be other than Clark Kent and Lois Lane? That's right. I mean, you think of the the big one in the DC universe. It has to be those two, right? Oh, it has to. I mean, like it's funny because. Like going well, well, we'll get into it. I like I'll try to save this for later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, but it is like when it. it comes down to it, the most successful superhero couple would have to be that because I know a lot of people like to play with the idea, like, well, Superman and Wonder Woman, but that's never been in main continuity. That's always been a thought. And, I you thought know, that was world. A, after New Fifty Two. Oh, that didn't count. Yeah, New Fifty Two doesn't count. Well, no, New Fifty Two counts, but that little chunk didn't oh, count. Like they were very like. There was a there was a Twitter thing that went on. Uh, I believe it was a writer, and so somebody posted that, and they were like, "No," and then the writer was like, "I wrote those issues; it happened," and it was like, "Oh boy!" Uh, so it's a tough one, but yeah, it's that new fifty two. So <laughs> we try yeah. to think it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, we went straight from Flashpoint to Rebirth, and just yeah, that's right. the way it happened. Uh, but yes, so we'll we'll talk about that. I mean, there there have uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. So yeah, let's get into our spinner rack for this week, though. So what is on your new comic book? day list all right so it's the first wednesday of february so you probably should save money for valentine's day but who knows maybe your valentine <laughs> likes comic books so here's some of the things to keep an eye out for so i'm going to go over to boom studios and boom studios will have mighty morphin power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles issue one getting a second printing um of course people love those covers they've got amazing things going on so they will have a set of second print variant covers that will basically be featuring shredder holding ranger helmets the green one the red one um and i'm not too sure some of the other covers colors as well i know that i mean i i don't read that particular comic book but i tangentially because of headlines and you guys like didn't shredder get the green yes he did Power oh, coin or something? Yeah, at the end of issue two, he basically got the green morpher and morphed. So we see a green ranger shredder. It's insane. <laughs> Seriously, like, 
those who can customize figures, like, get on it. But the hard part's going to be because it's like NECA. Like, if you want your Ninja Turtles, yes, I know Super 7 is out there, and they're doing some fantastic stuff. But at that price point, you're probably not going to do anything to those toys. The NECA line, you're talking about probably 25 bucks a figure. Um, so, yeah, they've put out a shredder, and it's almost tempting to get that shredder, go and get the Hasbro Green Ranger and try to, like, you know, put some pieces together. But holy crap, what a dynamic design. And it's like, and I just, I love the fact that this is, it's a crossover, you know, so that's always fun. You know, like this, this, like I've said before, this hits me right in the childhood. You know, it's like when I was a young kid, I remember waking up, eating my bowl of cereal before I went to school and watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, the whole fun (laughs) thing about it. Uh, You know, having the turtle blimp, having the turtle van, the little figures and stuff like that. Uh, Then as I got into junior high, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was out. That was the big thing. You know, I remember I used to like school would get out at like I think three o'clock in Power Rangers on Fox Nine would come on at three o'clock. Uh-huh. I would walk home so fast so I could catch a rerun. You know, yeah, but it was yeah. every day. It was like this is awesome. You know, having the Megazord, your five best friends. You know, like it was cool stuff. And then I just kind of, I guess, I fell out of it. You know, like it was just like okay, well, makes you sense. Know. You just grew uh, out of it. Well, yeah, you grow, grow out, out of it. Even yeah. then, they stay young. You know, yeah, those yeah. characters always stay young. So you try like oh, you know, like when they did the, I think Michael Bay, right? Didn't he do those movies? No, I don't think he, you're talking about the Turtle Turtle movies or are you talking yeah, about the turtle the, movies yeah he did the turtle movies. yeah and so like i tried to go back for that and i just watched them and, and not to sound those turtles look like they were homeless <laughs> <laughs> like they just look like these like bulky homeless crazy ninja turtles and i tried to watch it you know and then and, and it was just like i don't know this isn't this i'm not the audience obviously you know so it's like okay whatever uh, but then obviously i got back into it when we got to uh chat with kevin eastman and that was awesome um and i still got to plug this Go watch The Toys That Made Us Season 3 on Netflix. Watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle episode. You're going to cry because they finally, they they reunited Peter Lard with uh, Kevin Eastman and Laird. And it was great. Like, it was so just like, oh, my God. Did they have a falling out? I don't think they necessarily had a falling out, but it was one of those things where it's like you and your best friend have about 10 years of age on you. So what you're looking at and what they're looking at are not going to be the same. You know, like Peter, like when he got his money, it's like, okay, I'm going to invest into doing this and taking care of that. And then Kevin buys a tank, you know, <laughs> so it's like, okay, you know, and you know, obviously relationships happen, eccentricities and things like that. So it did end up at one point that Kevin sold his portion of the turtle rights over to Peter. And then eventually I think like Peter was on it for a bit. And then Nickelodeon was like, we want to buy this property. We want to do some stuff. And I think it was like 60 million. So it's like Kevin was like, yeah, I, you know, I sold it for like half a mil and now you find out that it's 60. Ouch. So, but I think they did right by each other. Like, Hey, you know, we're going to funnel some stuff. We're going to keep Kevin in as like creative and and things like that. So, uh, but it, it was definitely, it was, it was a healthy reunion. It was very exciting to see. It was great. Like it just was like, wow. And well, if we're talking about that, they also did a mighty Morphin power Rangers episode as well. That's right. Stan Lee almost created a form of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> that is insane. Like, that blew my mind, you know. But again, I'm sure there's super embellishment on that. But anyways, do yourself a favor. Pick up the comics. Yeah, go out there. Get them. Uh, so luckily, yes, issue one is getting a second printing. And like I said, it's got some of those cool helmet things. Issue two will also be getting a second printing as well. Uh, I'm trying to pull the cover up. Let's see. So yeah, it's Shredder holding Trini's yellow helmet. So don't wait for... The helmets to be collected all in the same issue. It'll just be part of the same series. Um, and then today, issue three comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I got to do an advanced review on this one. Um, okay, so you know what was fun? Like, 
DC versus Marvel happened like what mid nineties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. Like, obviously I didn't pay attention to previews as, 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 as intricate as I do now. So when DC versus Marvel happened, it was exciting because you're like, Oh my God, you know, the two universes are going to like meet. Oh my God, they're going to fight, you know, Superman versus Hulk. This is insane. You know, Wonder Woman versus Storm. Okay, great. You know, and then they amalgamed. Oh my God, Dr. Strange, you know, like this is insane, you know, and it was like, wow, this is great. It's going to happen. Like in this issue, Casey Jones finally comes in. I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. You know, Casey Jones is there. And then all of a sudden the Rangers can't use their morphers. So who's going to step up to use those morphers? Oh my God. (laughs) So we don't see it, but it is definitely alluding to it. So this is fantastic. Like, honestly, this is the kind of fun that I want from comics. So go out there, pick it up. It's going to be great. Um, The covers go all the way to the letter H. So (laughs) save your money. Uh, I would recommend, you know, buy one, but then all of a sudden just do yourself a favor, probably um, buy the collected edition. If you're going to try to get all those covers, that might be the, the cheaper way to do that. All right, so let's jump over to the big guns. We are over now at DC Comics, and we have Batman 88. So now it is the time of James Tinian IV. He is taking over Batman. Uh, he has Tony Daniel as his artist. It's amazing-looking stuff. Um, it's a weird story. Like, I'm not... I never want to, like, disrespect somebody trying to work something. Um, but it's real interesting, because there have been... Like, I have my set of characters and teams that I watch... And Superman, Batman, Captain America, and Spider-Man always make that cut regardless because they're the big guns. Um, when Bendis took over, I tried with Superman, but I kind of just, eh, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it just got to beyond me. Uh, Spider-Man, when Nick Spencer took over, I just found myself like, okay, can these long epic arcs end already? Like <laughs> Craven's 20th to last hunt of his neighbor's cousin's uncle just <laughs> killed me. I was like, okay, I'm out. Um, so I dropped those two and that was so weird because I mean, I've been on Superman since, oh my God, probably like, I want to say around the time of all-star Superman. Like I just, once that happened, I devoted myself to that Spider-Man when JMS got on that, I was on that book. So that's like 2000, 2001, you know, and Captain America, I am getting it, but I haven't been reading those last couple of issues, but that's on me. Like the book looks amazing, but Batman, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest now that Tom King's off. I, I fell off as well. Uh, I tried to go back and read the issues. Like James Tinian is a great writer. Like, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Like some of the stuff is just weird looking. Like I was looking at that, like the art and everything. And Tony Daniel is fantastic. So I don't know. So, but it's out there. It's the big book. Do yourself a favor. Check it out. Uh, Batman Arkham Victor Zazas. If I say that right, I'm not too sure. But anyways, that's the crazy guy. Whenever he kills people, he puts his little tally marks on his body. Mm -hmm. So he is going to be getting one of those Arkham collections. So this will be a trade paperback featuring some of his stories. So be ready for some crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, We have DC Crimes of Passion. That's right. It is Valentine's (laughs) Day. So it's Valentine's Month, Valentine's Week, however you want to look at it. Um, So DC is going to put out one of those big 80-page giants that features love. All these wild little imaginary stories uh the cover is very interesting because it shows batman turning the corner and seeing nightwing and catwoman in total embrace so it's like wait a second what in the tom king is happening here you know uh the variant cover is really sweet though it shows nightwing and and uh batgirl in a sweet embrace so definitely pick up what you can but this will be adding some uh well let's just read the solicit Passion, betrayal, murder. When you're a private investigator, these are the things you experience daily. But when you add capes to the mix like Batman, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn, 
Well, things get even messier. The name Slam Bra- Slam Bla- Brad. Oh my God, I thought I was doing great. <laughs> the name Slam Bradley, and I'm telling you that this year's Valentine's Day special has more intrigue than you can shake a stick at. Ten tales of love, the kind of love that can push people over the edge. Don't miss it. Or I'll make you pay. That's right. That's what they got in there. So I at least know Batman, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, and Slam will be a big part of the story. But beyond that, I don't know much. So I don't know. Maybe give it a day or two before you purchase that one. But those are always fun little stories. So that whole thing that Bendis was uh, like alluding to with the the, the detectives, uh, old Leviathan, that event. Is that yeah? That was that, yeah because like it was like Plastic Man, Green yeah, Arrow, yeah. the question, several others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That already happened. Yes. So that all happened in the Leviathan book. Well, it did. So it happened. I think Leviathan was like a six issue mini, and then it would spill off into the uh, Superman books as well. Um, I don't know if it was connected to the Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane books that were out there. Like they should be part of that big Superman world, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, but Leviathan, I think is going to be actually a trilogy. I, I know they're doing a second part, but I just have a feeling that it'll be a trilogy. So it's like the first one I think was like event Leviathan. And I think this next one's called Leviathan rising. Mm. So yeah, there's going to be more. So it's kind of, I think it's on a quick break and then it should be starting very soon. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. It it looked interesting. Uh, he te- like Bendis and Alex Mavley; those two did phenomenal when they were working on Daredevil. So like that street level gritty grime, you know, nor stuff is fantastic. Um, I just I don't know. I guess like like once the reveal came out that it was the the Manhunter, and I don't even think it was the Paul Kirk one. I forget which one. It was just kind of like, eh, you know, this isn't a character that I'm vested in. So I guess I don't know. Maybe it's a good read, but yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see. Moving along, though. So here's a way to save some money. Dollar Comics. Dollar Comics will be reprinting Batman issue 386. So this will be the first appearance of the Black Mask. That's right. Uh, We have a Harley Quinn movie coming up. Uh, It's going to be casually disguised as the Birds of Prey, but it's Harley Quinn, the movie. So anyways, um, the Black Mask or Luke's. uh, No, what's his name? Obi-Wan Kenobi is the actual bad guy of the film. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ewan McGregor. No, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, sorry. Because he doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyways, so yeah, he's going to be the villain. So if you want to actually get a first appearance of the comic book character, because I'm sure those two only tangentially touch because of the name, uh, you can definitely check that out there for a dollar. Uh, also, Batman Shadow of the Bat number one will be reprinted, and this features the last Arkham. Uh, this is one of those big stories that a lot of people always talk about and reference. It's written by Alan Grant. It has beautiful art by Norm Brayfogle and Brian Stillfreeze. And basically, this is where Batman gets put into Arkham. Like, he's just crazy enough. And so it's a wild story, but it's going to be a part one that will be continued elsewhere in trade. So this is maybe a good way to dip your foot in that and see if you like it. Uh, Green Lantern number one will be getting a facsimile edition. Now, this is interesting because DC has a love-hate relationship with these. Well, more Dan Didio. And I respect Dan. I think he's a great guy. But I'm kind of annoyed because he's he's bagging on these. He's like, oh, nobody's going to want these books. And I'm thinking to myself, no, dollar comics are the way to go. Mm-hmm. That's how kids can get in a comic book store and afford a comic. Like, why has Hot Wheels always stayed the same price? Because you get Hot Wheels into kids' cars, they become collectors. So, duh, it's it makes sense. Uh, so I love what they're doing with the dollar comics line. I love that they're themed. I love that they keep an eye out for what's hot now. But the facsimiles, Marvel is doing both those ideas, the facsimiles and the dollar comics as well. But DC, what you're picking, like, really? Green Lantern number one? Like, we're going back to, like, the 1960s stuff. Um, 
So, I mean, this is John Broom. This is Gil Kane, uh, Joe Gia. Like, this is fantastic stuff. Don't get me wrong. But why not just reprint showcase number 22? Give us the actual first appearance of Green Lantern, not the first appearance of his new title. <laughs> like you're so close and that's and it's like, well, and the, the sale on that probably won't be as well. Like, I mean, people will pick it up because, of, oh, OK, it's an old looking comic. It's part of those facsimile editions. But if you wanted to do it right, Showcase 22 was the way to go. So that's that's my soapbox. Uh, Harley Quinn will be getting issue 70 out as well. And then Harleen will be collected in a hardcover edition. Uh, it's it's not only Valentine's Day, but it's Harley Quinn month as well. Uh, so this is Harleen. This is the this is the story by Sejan Sejic, I believe. I'm sure I'm butchering the name. I'm so sorry. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the one that's basically kind of like a new look at the origin of Harley Harleen Quinzel becoming Harley Quinn. Uh, it was a three-part series, and now it's collected in a nice hardcover edition. So check it out. Uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, number three of nine, is out. We have another miniseries there. Justice League 40 will be out as well, and this will continue on the adventures of the Justice League. And I forget. Nope. Yeah, this is this is it. Robert Vendetti will now be the new writer. So the uh, Scott Snyder era of Justice League is over. Uh, Justice League Odyssey number 18 will be out. Justice League of America, the wedding of the Atom and Gene Lorning hardcover will be collected. That's right. It's Valentine's day so let's give ourselves a wedding so how how old is this story this is definitely probably late 60s early okay early 70s. so yeah we're talking about yeah they're not is, bringing them back together no 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 um i don't know if they ever could <laughs> that's kind of the thing yeah actually okay it's the 1970s so yeah um and i love this solicit so i'm going to give it to you dr light mates his dramatic return and so does snapper Carr, who's now turned traitor to the league ultra hero of earth prime joins the league in their battle with the injustice gang while the phantom stranger assists the team against a family of ancient gods plus the atom and gene Lorning get married but will the power of her mind destroy the earth collects justice league of america issues 149 through 158 and super team family issues 13 and 14 now if you are a fan of identity crisis i think this might be worth picking up just because as we saw one of the motivators behind why the league had to erase minds was because of the injustice gang inhabiting their bodies Mm -hmm. uh dr light was at this point turned into a rapist and a crazy maniac who was also mind warped and the atom and gene you know this is crazy stuff so these would definitely be the stories that things are based off of not necessarily the actions but what they're based off of so if you want to see how it originally happened that's a place to go plus the atom he's a great guy i love that character i think he's a he's a pretty swell guy uh it's a shame that him and gene really went south and it was very surprising because i believe that was in like the 80s that they actually had them divorce mm-hmm. and that's unheard of you know so that was crazy crazy stuff and the way it happened oh my god Gil <laughs> Kane was the artist on that he could draw that man could draw and he drew some heartbreak all right we'll save that for later <laughs> love uh Lois Lane issue eight will be out Martian Manor number 12 will finish off his year-long story and then justice or sorry young justice issue 13 will be out as well so some nice series to round out your week from DC if we jump over to Marvel Comics, we have Adventures of the X-Men Tooth and Claw trade paperback. These will collect the uh, Tangent X-Men, the animated series comic book that was coming out around the time as the main Fox animated series was as well. Ant-Man will begin his own five-part miniseries, so issue one will be out. So this will be the adventures of Scott Lang and all the craziness that he brings to the table. Avengers issue 28 will be getting a second printing. Uh, this is pretty cool. It has a neat cover of the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider riding the Silver Surfer board. So we're starting to discover that Robbie, he can take on any vehicle. Wow. Yeah. So, so uh, before you go too far, have they 
I mean, I know I haven't read Avengers in a while, uh, and let alone Ant Man. Like, have they started drawing Ant Man more like Paul Rudd? I think they still kept him blonde. Okay. Uh, because Scott Long was a blonde guy. Right. Um, sometimes, yeah, you might see like a little brown hair and whatnot. The costume is definitely more movie looking, mm-hmm. uh, but it does have the open face still, not the closed face of the co- that the movies have. Uh, in this one, he'll actually be teaming up with the Wasp. Isn't there also the? Or sorry, no, Stinger, his daughter. Isn't there also the? No, his his daughter's not Atlas anymore. Uh, I guess or, not. Or not stature. Atlas. Stature. Yeah. Thank you. So well, here, I'll throw the official solicit out. Scott Lang is back and doing better than ever, or at least according to him. But his daughter Stinger and the ant hill he's living in say otherwise. Desperate to raise his daughter's opinion of him, Scott takes a job from local beekeepers, only to uncover a global conspiracy that could topple the world order. No time to call the Avengers. This sounds like a job for Ant Man. Join the explosive creative team of Zeb Wells and Dylan Burnett. Uh, okay, that's interesting. So, but the other question I had was going to have was that how did they end up bringing Scott Lang back to life after uh, Disassembled? So, in Disassembled, when Brian Bendis took over the Avengers, one of his first actions was to kill Scott Lang. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of hardcore Avengers fans were very it was Scott Lang and Hawkeye. No, he killed all. He dude. Yeah, the, like Vision disassembled was and Identity Crisis were coming out at the same time. Yeah. So like both companies were like death to all the BC listers. <laughs> yeah, what the Vision was uh, torn in half by She Hulk. She Hulk went insane. Um, the Jack of Hearts resurrected and exploded, killing uh, Scott Lang and blowing up Avengers Mansion. Hawkeye, not like this, not like this, blew up. And uh, he was in a Scarlet plane, Witch went he? crazy. Well, at first they one of the like he got shot in the back with all his trick arrows, and so he knew he was going to explode. And so he's like, "To hell with this!" So he runs over, and I think it was a Kree invasion. The That's Kree right. were taking. That's right. So he grabs one of the Kree soldiers who's got a jetpack, and he flies up into one of the ships to explode because he's like, "Well, if I'm going to die, I'll take as many as those sons of guns as I can." <laughs> Um, Iron Man lost his credibility because he was he was drunk on wish to be drunk, and yeah. then Scarlet Witch turned into a villain. Uh, so how did it happen? How so did Scott Lang come back. So this is a story, and this is another one of those ones like, like how did we miss issues? Because it's like Final Crisis, Legion of Three Earths. Like I never got the conclusion. I finally, I finally sat down and read it. It was uh-huh. good. Um, Avengers. Uh, Young Avengers, Children, the Children's Crusade. That's where it happened. That's where Hawkeye came back. I remember that. Well, no, he came back before that, but I think maybe... Oh, yeah, he came back before that, but that's where you got the explanation of Scarlet Witch bringing him back. Yeah, so they played with a lot of stuff. So basically, it turns out that Scarlet Witch was manipulated by Doctor Doom, so that way she's exonerated. Uh Um, There's a little bit of time travel involved, and basically Cassie's like, no, my dad doesn't need to die in that explosion, because I don't think we see the body. So the explanation is that they basically pulled him out of time and brought him forward. Oh. So Scott Lang is a man out of time just, as well. Just <laughs> like uh, in the in game. Yep. He was brought out of time and brought exactly. forward. Yeah. So it, Okay. So there works. you go. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. so I, I, think that I mean, a- I had Chris, Crusaders children or yeah. The Children's, Children's Crusade, Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Young Avengers Children's Crusade. Well, do you I have must, all nine issues? Because I think that's where I'm at. I, I, I might, might have, have missed that one, yeah. Like, I might have one through seven and nine or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think that deserves a reread. So, yeah. Definitely, that's that's where it happens. So, if you want to see the love and joy that is Scott Lang. Okay. There you go. Uh, but, yeah. Young Avengers, fantastic team. Just can't get enough of that stuff. Uh, let's see. Black Cat number nine will be out as well. Captain America, the end number one is here. Yes, the end books are back. Uh, some very, very interesting stuff. 
I love these. I think it's great because it's always fun to get to see like the final story as it should be, as it could be. So Eric Larson will come back for this one. Um, it's basically a wasteland and it's a bunch of like little hordes of zombie style red skulls. So Captain America's got to do this. He's got to go after it. How will the the living legend, the Sentinel of Liberty, how will it happen? How will it finally end? So pick it up. Check it out. Uh, we got a bunch of Conan books. Daredevil issue 17 is out. I cannot stress enough of this book. Oh, my <laughs> God. It is insane. Uh, they put the preview out. I have yet to read my, uh, my advanced review on it. But... Wow. When I read those preview pages, so at the start of the series, Daredevil's kind of off his game because in the last volume, he died. <laughs> you know, it sets you off a little. Uh, then they did a miniseries that basically like he was in a coma, you know, he's coming out of it. And I love the way they played with that, that it was he was being tormented by two demons and the two demons represented his costumes. One was yellow and one was red. The red one was like your muscle tissue. And so it's like, yeah, after like he got slammed by a truck. You know, so it's like after all those years of getting beat and now hidden by a truck, like your body's going to ache, your body's going to be like, no. And then the yellow suit represented like his, his tendons and bones. And it's the same thing. It's like, you're always going to be in constant pain. So it was like, wow, this, it's an amazing series. Like it's, it's kind of, it was sadly promoted as a throwaway, but it really was really good. Interesting. Uh, Then Chip Zardaski took over and. Wow. I mean, the dude just has a reputation being a crazy guy, but damn, he is nailing it with Daredevil. And so basically, like in the first arc, Daredevil accidentally kills someone. And as it stands right now, there is no like, no, it was a manipulation. No, it was this and that. It was like, no, Daredevil, you've lost your touch. You're not as calculated as you thought you were. So he's living with that guilt. And like what we're on issue 17, I think we've only seen the Daredevil costume for like maybe three issues Ooh, so wow. most of the time it's been matt murdoch or he's wearing the netflix black jumpsuit year one type of thing mm-hmm. uh so in this issue he actually meets the mother of the young man that he killed okay wow and the worst part is she knows oh yeah crazy i can't wait so check it out definitely hype it up uh dark agnes number one will be out i don't know why i mentioned that comic Who? I just, who's yeah. dark agnes let's find out uh <laughs> dark agnes so this is <clears throat> It's, I don't know what this is. It's just called Dark Agnes, and that's the 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 the, the solicit on it. Dark Agnes, number one. Uh, yeah, number one. So it's just this. Who's the writer? It's uh, Becky Cloonan, and I don't know how this relates to Marvel. So sorry, I just got a little overzealous when I was reading. <laughs> but hey, if you're curious and you want a mystery book, there you go. Uh, Doctor Doom number five will be out. Excalibur number four will be getting a second printing. Ghost Spider volume one. This will collect the new adventures of Gwen Stacy, aka Ghost Spider from another uh, multiverse. Hawkeye Free Fall number one will be getting a second printing, and that book has actually been really fun. Like, there's a lot of great humor to it, and the art and tone match each other very, very nicely. Immortal Hulk Great Power number one will be out. Uh, Immortal Hulk has just been a sleeper power, sleeper book. It's been fantastic. So Tom Taylor will be writing this one, and basically the Hulk finds a new host, Spider-Man. So what's going to happen when you have a crazy hulked out spider-man wait what find out there's a new host yeah what's going on over so al ewing is writing the immortal hulk and it's been crazy because hulk died during civil war and our civil war two oh okay sorry civil war two hulk died um hawkeye killed him right i remember that wrote him out uh then the hulk returned in i forget what it was called avengers 
No Road Home or something like that. Uh-huh. So they did this weekly series that that built the book up to like issue 700. Uh, so the Hulk came back as like a mindless zombie. And it's like, well, the Hulk could live, but Bruce Banner can't. So what's happening? And so like the immortal Hulk was launched out of this. And this book has gone from being like the fugitive to the thing. You know, uh, like it's just been weird, like what's going on. So it's like heaven and hell, gamma rays, so, and science and religion and guilt and anger and just all this crazy shenanigans that's going on. I mean, I know I've heard that this book has been selling out like crazy. Like it's it's doing better numbers than Batman or something like that. It was yeah, it's for doing a while. Fantastic, yeah. But you mean it's so. Bruce Banner's not in the book at all? I think he is in the book. I'm not sure because I'm not reading it, but I believe he is a part of it. Like, I think he's still part of the Hulk and whatnot. But basically, like, okay, Drew, like, my my opinion on what's this, what this great power is, it's just, hey, Immortal Hulk is selling out like crazy, so let's slap Immortal Hulk on everything. No, yeah, yeah I get that. They're but trying like, to make an event, so, like, why does the Hulk have a new holst in its Spider-Man? I don't know. Like, it's is, just crazy. Are they making him the Spectre? Like, he can move from it's, body to body? It might be something to that effect, yeah, you know. That's strange. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, the good news is it's Tom Taylor. You can't go wrong. And Tom Taylor on Spider-Man has been fantastic. Go read his Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Holy crap. Like, I think... So this um, isn't an Al Ewing book. No, this one isn't. So it, that's that's what's going to be tough about it because it's like, hey, you know, like, okay, like the Batman wedding, right? Uh-huh. Batman Catwoman wedding. So Tom Taylor's writing the book, right? And everything's fantastic. And then they did those like that mini series where it was like Nightwing versus Hush, uh, Batgirl versus... Wait, Tom King was writing that book. No, Tom King didn't write those those spinoffs though. That's the, Not the sp- yeah, yeah, but he But wrote- Tom King is writing the Bat, Bat- wedding. Yeah, but and then, then Tom DC's Taylor like, came oh, in. here's how we can... No, Tom Taylor didn't even write those. Oh. I'm just saying how it's like... <laughs> Hey, we've got something hot. Let's let's do spinoffs and miniseries. Got you, got to, you. You know, get your money. So again, if you like Immortal Hulk, I would say if like check your boxes. If you like Immortal Hulk, you like Spider Man, and you like Tom Taylor, pick it up. If you're kind of curious and you've got five bucks to burn, maybe. <laughs> but just be cautious because yeah, this isn't going to be alluing. This may or may not cross into the actual main series of the book. It's just. Hey, it's an opportunity to take a story. Maybe they could take it somewhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Marauders issue five will be getting a second printing just in time for Marauders number seven. Uh, and I was talking with Rafa about this book. Damn, it sounds crazy. Like they essentially tried to kill Kitty Pride. So she's going to start getting very dark here. So Sebastian Shaw is showing his hand. What's going to happen? Crazy, crazy stuff. Miles Morales, Spider-Man issue 15, 15 will be out as well. Marvel's Avengers Hulk number one. So this will be tying into the upcoming video game. Uh, Old Man Quill Volume 2, Go Your Own Way, Trade Paperback will be out. You know, I so it's funny. Like, I missed out on Old Man Logan. Like, when it first happened, I missed the boat, and it was okay. Then they did the Secret Wars, and they were bringing Old Man Logan back. Obviously, the movie Logan was out, so I was curious. I picked up Old Man Logan. I enjoyed it. It was a good read. Uh, just a crazy story about somebody going through essential hell. Um, I know you read Old Man Hawkeye, right? I did. And you enjoyed it, right? I did. Yeah. So I, I that that's on my read list. I need to check it out. Uh, when they did Old Man Quill, I was like, okay, well, I, I'm very curious about these stories. You know, they're almost kind of like the end and things like that. So I decided, okay, let's try it out. Wow. Okay. It's depressing. <laughs> but it ends on such a hopeful note. Right. Like, you just see a man at the end of his rope, and he doesn't care. And then finally, he finds a reason to care. It's a beautiful story. I highly recommend it. And I love the way that the writer, I I need to look it up so I can say his name. Um, 
but I love the use of music. Ethan Sachs, I love the use of music in this because each issue is titled after a song. Okay. So my advice, if you check this thing out with each issue, find out the title of the comic, listen to the song, read the comic, listen to the song again. It'll really enhance your experience. It'll put you into a mood. Fantastic stuff. I also thought it was interesting because the first book was Old Man Logan. So yes. you're going. he's going by his Logan name, right? Right, yeah. He's given up the identity of Wolverine at the beginning of that book. Second book is Old Man Hawkeye. It's not Old Man Barton. Yeah. So, you know, he's never given up being Hawkeye. Like, the whole book itself is about him getting revenge on the Thunderbolts that portrayed, that he, quote unquote, believes betrayed him. And, you know, for the most part, they did. Right. This one's Old Man Quill. Yes. And at the beginning of that book, has he given up being Star Lord? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. So like for the most part, like people refer to him like, Hey Quill, how's it going? And even then like he kind of picks up a tagline title as uh the hero of horse Creek. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I did find that interesting. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, why wasn't it called old man Barton? You know? Um, I just wonder if it's one of two things because, okay, isn't it like old man Logan is the event, right? So that's like the zero moment. Cause that's when we're first introduced to that. Right. Old Man Hawkeye is like a prequel, correct? Yes. So I wonder if maybe that's something. But I also think, too, like if you call it Old Man Barton, people are like, who the hell is that? That's true. Like like and Logan, we know who Logan is. Quill, we're starting to get to that point where we do know that. And, and I think more, more people actually know him. Just be, more people who don't read comic books know uh-huh. him as Quill, Peter Quill, as opposed to being known as Star-Lord. Just because even the movie itself kind of makes fun of the, the idea of star Lord. And after that, everybody just kind of calls him quill. You yeah, know? yeah. So that's, that's also a double, Yeah. That's also what's happening there. I would say, but isn't what's the next one called? It's uh, uh well, Marvel's the Avengers of the wasteland. Okay. So that's how it's going to go. So there. it's not going to be an old man, anything or old woman, anything. It's just the Avengers yeah, of the wasteland. So they're going to, they're going to start because now essentially they're building up that world mm-hmm. and they're, they're injecting all the, the side characters that we've seen throughout yeah, uh, because there's going to be some characters that were introduced in some of those series, and it's like, okay, they're coming together to, it's like, all right, now is the time. Because Doom, if it's okay to drop a spoiler, Doom is done. Right. Like, Dr. Doom is put down, and we learn that, oh, he wasn't always necessarily there. Yeah, Old Man Logan, um, we finish off Cap- uh, Red Skull. He's, he's killed off. Right. Uh, old Man Hawkeye, who is the bad guy in that there was bullseye and then whoever sent oh it would have been red skull again sent uh bullseye after uh barton I, okay i believe yeah because he'd probably he was running the show so it's like all right i don't want people to take me down yeah so um yeah that was the, so that bullseye i guess was the big baddie in that and then doom takes the place of red skull after red skull dies in logan so now, Doom's taken care of after the end of Quill, Old Man Quill. Yep. So, yeah, I guess who who the Avengers have to go up against now? I mean, who's left? The Hulk gang, I believe, are done. Yeah, I think the Hulklings are, they're finished. Yeah, so who who would be left? Who who would who would be left for the Avengers to take? I mean, you don't, you don't have to say anything. I just, well, no, I think honestly, I think this one's going to start building that world because it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, maybe, maybe the Kingpin could be one of the villains in that one. Uh, if he's still around, if he's still controlling one of the, the chunks of America, mm-hmm. um, there is a map. Yeah. Like, like they, in they old man it Logan. Yeah. yeah. And so I just gotta remember who it was. I know yeah. there's the, the venom wastelands. Wasn't that one thing? 
I think so, yeah. I know we the saw... Symbiotes or something like that. Yeah, yeah we saw the that. Venoms in those Old Man dinosaurs. Logan. Yeah, those, those, those Man. But then we also saw them in in um, Hawkeye, Old Man Hawkeye, before they become part of the dinosaurs. Yeah. So, all right. But yeah. So no, but this one, I think it's I think it's going to now, the Old Man universe is going to start getting hope. So that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, do yourself a favor. Go out and get Old Man Quill Volumes 1 and 2. You're going to enjoy them. Uh, Savage Avengers gets a zero issue. This is weird for me because I could have sworn they already did a zero issue. Uh, the fact that the Savage Avengers exists is pretty crazy as well. So uh, yeah, that's out there if you want to get your craziness on there. Uh, Spider-Man and Venom Double Trouble number 404. So this will conclude the little mini series. This is fun. Definitely looks very much like an all-ages book. Spider-Verse number 5 of 6 is out. Uh, yeah, Spider-Verse, it sounds like that's going to be like an annual yearly thing so we'll see what happens there uh true believers time true believers iron man 2020 pepper pots number one so if you want to go out there and get the original first appearance of pepper pots like we're going back to tales of suspense issue 45 uh, yeah, issue 45, way back in 1959 50, or 60, um, you're going to see Iron Man in his clunky gold costume. Uh, so yeah, this is going way back. So if you want to actually discover the character of Pepper Potts, <laughs> this is the way to do it. Uh, Venom, number 25, will be getting a second printing. Uh, Venom by Donny Cates, volume three, will be out. This is collecting most of the absolute carnage storylines that are going on. Uh, we got a new X-Men book. That's right. It's X-Men, Fantastic Four, number one. The two big teams are going to be going at it for the fate of Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards, the child of the Fantastic Four, is also a mutant. So should he be on Krakoa or not? Should he be protected by force or by choice? So we're going to find out what happens there. I mean, he's a mutant in the definition of the word mutant, but yes. not in the X-Men world. Yeah. yeah, like he's not. he doesn't have an X-Factor or an X-Gene, I should say. Like That's the same thing as Spider-Man. Spider-Man's yeah, Spider-Man a mutant, a mutant? <laughs> in, the, in the sense of the word mutant, but not in... The sense of X-Men mutants, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, crazy. I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, so I'm excited for this one because, again, it's it's written by Chip Zardaski, so he does a great job with the drama. Uh, Cyclops is going to be in it, so you've got my money. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see the philosophy clash that'll come out of this. So I'm very, very hyped for that. And then here's a big one. Speaking of Cyclops, uh, X-Men versus Apocalypse, the 12 omnibus will be collected. This will take us all the way back to 1999. The millennium was coming. So if we're going to have 2000, you know, Y2K and all this chaos that's coming, Apocalypse needs to come. So he finally does it. He gathers the 12, which has been a mystery storyline going on since the 80s of the X-Men. Who are these mysterious mutants, these 12 that will come together to defeat Apocalypse? Well, you find out. It wasn't who you were told. It was who we needed now because <laughs> uh, there'd be lists put out there. Like I think Frank, going back to Franklin Richards, I think he was one of the 12, uh, but he didn't make the cut in the actual storyline. But anyways, this is going to collect a lot of stuff. Uh, Uncanny X-Men issues 371 to 380 plus the 1999 annual. X-Men issues 91 through 93 and 94, 95 through 99 and the 99 annual. X-Men Unlimited issue 24, 25 and 26. Gambit 8 through 9. Astonishing X-Men 1 through 3. Wolverine 145 to 149. Cable 71 through 78, X-Man 59 through 60, X-51 number 8, X-Force number 101, and the 1999 X-Men yearbook. Crazy, crazy shenanigans. And when you read this, this is going to be wild. Like this was the story arc that basically turned Wolverine into death. So he finally wound up becoming one of the uh, 
one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, apocalypse gathers the 12. Turns out he's been manipulating it. So these were the 12 mutants he need so he could ascend to a higher level of power. Uh, and luckily, the greatest X-Men of all time stops him. That's right. Cyclops <laughs> is like, no. And he stops Apocalypse from happening. Of course. Happening. So yes, that is what's on your spinner rack. That is quite the full spinner rack. All right. So all that being said and done, I mean, our... Are they going to be doing? I know that's looking into the n- the next week, the following week, probably. Because okay. are they going to be doing like Valentine's Day issues? I, you know, honestly, I think so. DC's definitely popping theirs out there with the uh, that mystery special. Mm. So DC will. I don't think Marvel's doing anything, and unless something's happening in the story arcs, there will be that. But otherwise, it's just it's just going to be comics. So I don't really think there's going to be much out there. Like maybe they'll have some peripheral stuff, like you know, hey, here's some cute little promotional Valentines to hand out to your customers or something like that. But I don't see there being a big fuss. Okay. But so that's why we're going to make a big fuss. We're definitely going to make a big fuss. So like we were saying, the first couple of the DC universe has yes. to be Lois and Clark. Yeah, it, it has It just to. does. Yeah, because I mean, you know, depending on your history, G5 or whatever you want to believe in, Superman is the first superhero. Yes, there have been other heroes out there. A lot of people actually go to the Crimson Avenger because I believe he actually predates uh, Superman. Uh, you could argue for Slam Braid- Bradley again, you know, saying, well, he was, but he was one of those two-fisted Nord detectives. Now, he's being brought back into the DC universe like, in, like as an important character, right? I don't think so. I think he was just a narrative for this because he's going to be a character like, I don't think they really want to touch him because I don't know if it's actually Slam Bradley. Bradley? Why do I want to say Bradley? Bradley. I don't know if it's Slam or his grandson, but one of those is the guy that got Catwoman pregnant. Yeah. Was, remember I, when Catwoman it, had it, a child? I thought that was <laughs> Sam, like the grandson. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. it was his grandson. And that was right before Flashpoint. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, well, then that, that didn't happen. That went away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I, I just think they're using him as a narrative device. You know, it's like, okay, we want to do Valentine Nor. Let's try that. So that's what they're going to play with. But, you know, regardless, uh, the lasting power, the face that changed comic books and made them what they were is Superman. This is the first superhero. Without Superman, we don't get Batman. Without Batman, we don't get the rest of the DC Universe. Without the DC Universe, we don't get Marvel Comics. Comic books would not happen. So, yes, it comes down to Superman. So, uh, when did the love story begin? Action Comics number one back in... uh, It was cover dated June of 38, but I believe they've established it was April of 38. Um... So yeah, Lois and Clark, you know, they, they, they meet there and mild manner reporter Clark Kent, you know, he's, he's basically a worm and he asks Lois, well, will you go out to the big dance with me? And of course she says yes. And then as they're dancing, uh, some guy comes in, hey, bub, I want to cut in. And, you know, Clark's like, oh, sorry, this isn't, or no, Lois is like, this isn't a cut in dance. And of course, Clark trying to play the part is like, oh, it's okay, Lois, just, just dance with him. Uh, we'll leave afterwards. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do this. And what I love about this is because a lot of times, like, I'm going to go in a soapbox here, so I hope you don't mind. I know a lot of people love to say, like, oh, man, certain people were portrayed certain ways. Not everybody. No, people had good voices. Like, Lois Lane. Lois Lane has always had an awesome voice. Like, for a character that has no superpowers that can be killed, she's done some amazing stuff. Now, I know every portrayal hasn't always been amazing, but that's been the case for everybody as well. I mean, you know, 
not like we don't always have the best of intentions nor the best final versions of characters that come into comics, but we get what we get. So anyway, so Lois was like, no, I'm not going to stand for that. So she slaps the guy and she leaves. She's like, stuff you, Clark Kent. You're such a worm. <laughs> and of course, Clark under his breath is like, good job, Lois. You know, he can't. He's got to play the part. So as she leaves, that's when the guys come and they kidnap her in that green car and they're driving away. So Clark's like, no, this won't stand. And pops the shirt to reveal the S logo, runs alongside the car, picks up the car, shakes all the people out, catches Lois, sets her down, slams the car. So we get that classic moment. And then, of course, everybody's stunned and afraid. And that's when Superman leans into Lois and he has his first interaction with her. And he says, you needn't be afraid of me. <laughs> that's when it begins right there. Superman and Lois. So, yep. uh, yeah, she's there from the beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, she's she's the love interest because there was no jimmy olsen there was no there wasn't even a daily planet it was the daily star and george taylor you know actually no i don't even know if the editor was named in that one but yeah the only two items well i I mean i guess three you could argue you know superman clark kent and lois lane those are the items from the beginning because i don't even know if they said the planet krypton probably not Um, i don't even know if they named jor-el and laura or laurel however they would pronounce it back then but those are the elements that have always been a part of it i mean superman couldn't even fly (laughs) right he linked a building in a single bound (laughs) faster than a speeding bullet uh so yeah those are the things you know like over on the batman side of stuff it's just been batman and jim gordon those were the two mainstays from the start no alfred no robin none of that but yeah over on the on the superman side of things clark and lois now you we talked about it a little bit earlier you know like it hasn't always been lois and clark for a while like i mean there was there was the wonder woman incident that we don't like to talk about (laughs) but uh there's lana lana lang you know that's his high school girlfriend so i think so in my opinion with lana lang i think we actually have archie to thank for that okay because it's betty and veronica correct and so when you create superman like I want to say, I think it was 1951. So, like, between 1938 and 1951, they started playing with ideas. Like, well, what should Superman be? And what should be all this and that? Um, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster were the original creators. And they actually had, at one point, they were going to have Superman reveal his identity to Lois. He was going to do it. And DC's like, hell no, you're not going to do it because we want to play this story out. We want to see what can happen. Um, so the the intention and ideas were definitely there. The love triangle, this is probably the first time it's happening in comics, you know, she loves me, but she doesn't love me. She loves you know, Superman. She, loves she doesn't Superman. love Clark Kent. She doesn't love Clark Kent, and that's how I want to win her. When in actuality, neither one of them are Clark Kent. Like that's the thing that I've always debated. Like the Clark Kent, the real Clark Kent is the one on the farm. Yeah, He's Smallville the, Kent is the truest form. The of The Metropolis Clark Kent, Clark Kent is the one that he has to put on the, f- the facade of like I have to be meek and weak so that no one thinks that I'm Superman. Yeah, I'm a pushover. I'm a milk toast. And then Superman is just the. The idol is the yep. the symbol. Like I have to do this so that other people will also be good. We'll see yeah. that there's you know something else. Do you all do you always agree with the whole I have to have the secret identity so that no one will hurt my loved ones? See, it, I do. Like I know it's such a worn trope, but the thing is, like, like the fact that okay, because obviously comic books are a serialized item. People don't die, but if these things really happened, if there was somebody out there doing super heroics their life would be hell because the media, the news would just check everything about you. Oh, you know, Mitch Pimpayek runs around at night chasing bad guys and stuff like that. So the news is going to be looking into you. They're going to find everything you've done, good or bad. And you are human. You've made mistakes. You know, things happen. So all those elements are going to come back. 
you can't protect your family. So somebody will decide, you know, I mean, like John Lennon, you know, I know this is a weird thing, but like John Lennon was killed by one of his fans. You'll have crazy people that will just approach you, you know, but you'll have people that'll say like, Hey, I can, you know, I could kill Paul Kent because I can. Yeah. But like when you have the power of Superman, you, I mean, we, they, they've written him to the point of, I always have an ear on the people that I love. You know, I always have an ear out for Lois's heartbeat. I always have an ear out for Ma and Pa Kent kind of thing. Right. Um, I mean, when you have that power, you do you really need? I mean, you have to. That's what we're doing. I know that's what they're doing now in the in the book of yeah, the whole. Brandis has outed Superman. Like, hey, I'm Clark Kent. Clark and Superman are one, and, you and know. especially with someone like Lois, she's always getting into she was getting stuff into danger anyways. before like, Clark came around. Not that she's waiting for Superman to come save her or anything, but she's she's out there trying to get the story. Like she is an yeah. investigative reporter. She'll she, put her neck on the line. She'll put her neck on the line. She's she has her own somewhat training as being the daughter of uh general lane general sam sam lane yeah like so is and i understand i guess i understand it from the dc publishing point of view of like we need there to be that tension between the two of them so don't reveal the identity to her but like i feel like if it, it took way too long for superman to reveal to lois lane that hey i am also clark kent well, yeah, if we look at it in the span of like from 1938 to when it did happen, yes, I agree with you because like they, you know, Superman existed probably about what the 1960s, they created the Earth 2 idea. So it was like, oh, there's the Golden Age Superman and Golden Age Superman and Lois finally settled down. And even Golden Age Superman would tell Clark like, hey, man, why don't you marry your Lois? Like, I know you love her because we're the same guy. She's going to love you, you know, but it's like, no, I, I really want her to accept Clark. And the Superman of the pre-crisis, he was just Superman. Like, there was no Clark Kent. Like, that's always been my biggest problem with it. Like, yeah, I can read for the man who has everything. I can read, you know, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. And I'm definitely naming off some Alan Moore stories. But even if I go and I pick up a, a, a golden or silver age Superman comic, I'm reading Superman. I'm not reading Clark Kent. And not to say that it's not interesting, but it's missing an element. You know, like the Kents, they died of old age. So mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, that was a bummer. Um, you know, so what, what's going on with all that stuff? So it didn't feel like they fleshed out Superman. Like, it kind of makes me think like, um, like, you know, we argue nowadays, like Batman is the real person and Bruce Wayne is the mask. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like with Superman back then. It was Superman was the real person. Clark Kent was nothing. You know, he, it's like once the Kents died, it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to really just embrace this whole Kryptonian thing and I am what I am. Well, I mean, that's what we usually see like in the storylines where the Kents and Lois die, you know, yeah. Superman, Clark Kent just throws all of his body into being Superman and being the ultimate protector or in some cases dictator like yeah. kind of thing like yeah. uh injustice yeah, you know injustice, that's exactly yeah. what you see he, he no longer has the clark kent persona he's he's now just superman so i guess it is a a balancing act so well, it speak. is because it's one of those things because it's like even then like here's the bigger question too like would your loved ones accept you doing that you know because yeah it's easy for superman you know but like Matt Murdock puts it out there like, hey, I'm Daredevil. People are going to be like, dude, you have a violence problem. <laughs> You're sick. Like, who the hell do you think would, you are? You're it, not God. I and, mean, it would be the same with Batman. You know? like, yeah, if people you know? knew that Bruce Wayne would be like, oh, well, obviously he's 
you know, he was traumatized by the death of his parents, and yeah, this like, is don't his, be Batman, go to therapy. Yeah, you know, and it's you like, know, you could uh, spend all that money on just helping people. You don't yeah. have to throw in a costume. You could fund more police. You yeah, could, and so it's like, so is there a psychological problem? Is there a damage? You know, so yes and no. You know, that's what's tough. So I think, I think it is one of those things. Plus, you know, Superman can't be everywhere, and I know that's tough. <laughs> oh, how, how could he say that? But Superman can't be everywhere. You know, it's it, it's going to be those moments. Like, yeah, he may have that ear out, but Brainiac killed Pa Kent you know, in, in John's run, you know, um, and it's tough. So I think it's like, you have to, you have to have the secret identity. So that way you have peace of mind, you know, but again, I'm a sick guy who reads a ton of comics. So that's why I, I, you know, I'm like, I'm fully indoctrined into the trope. I believe in it, but it does, you know, because it's like Spider-Man's a better example of this. Like, why must there be a Peter Parker or why, why must there even be a Spider-Man? Why not just Peter Parker doing his thing? But you know, you can't protect everyone every time uh, your loved ones might not agree with what's going on. So it's like, okay, that's a sacrifice. That's what I make. But ultimately at the end of the day, it is for their safety because yeah, you may be stopping Luther, but then here comes Metallo, you know, Metallo, Luther and doomsday are going to come. And you know, next thing you know, paste pot Pete is killing your family. You know? <laughs> and so it's, it's just crazy. So it is, uh, it's good for your own peace of mind because you can't do that stuff 24 seven. And it makes for the great drama that we read and love in comic books. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's interesting. I mean, especially like what you said earlier with like today, today's times and technologies and stuff like that. There's that meme that goes around of like, Batman posting a picture of Superman and says, would you like to tag Clark Kent in this? And you're like, oh, what? And Or he's like that. And it's like, wouldn't face recognition like totally out Superman at this point? Or is it the idea that he vibrates so much? Yeah. So so that's what it is. Because that's what I love. Like like a great read. Like when Superman finally became man, like Clark Kent existed for a reason. Um, So like keeping this in the, in the, the idea of Superman and Lois Lane, like, when John Byrne came to town and he took over the Superman offices, stories, and everything. So he kicked it off with a six-part miniseries called The Man of Steel. And I love that series. Like, it just really, it, it made Clark Kent a person. You know, like, Clark Kent existed. That's where we finally, we actually get farm Clark Kent. Because before that, you know, you, you had Superman, he existed. And then, like I said, in the late 50s, early 60s, they decided to be like, hey, what if Superman was a boy? So boom, then they made Superboy. And because he was a boy living in Smallville, it was just basically rehashing the adventures of Superman in Metropolis, but instead now it's Smallville. Oh, well, why can't we have Lois Lane? Well, we can't have Lois Lane because she was growing up at Metropolis. So, uh, oh, it'll be Lana Lang. Perfect. You know, that Archie, Betty Veronica thing. And even then they brought that into the modern comics where it's like, okay, let's let's bring Lana Lang into the future and see what happens. Uh, but again, Lana and Lois were fighting for Superman. Clark was irrelevant when john Byrne came he definitely made clark relevant clark is the person superman is what i can do clark is who i am like i think those are actually the words that he said um it was great it really humanized the guy i mean that's why like when you read the death of superman you're like i can feel something here because this is a man laying it all on the line uh so definitely start with man of steel and then read the post-crisis adventures like there's a great set of trade paperbacks uh superman the man of steel volumes one through eight you'll probably have to get them on the secondary market but they collected 
at the time it was uh, Superman was newly relaunched. Action Comics became kind of the team up book, and both of those were by John Byrne. And then they launched, or they retitled Superman. They retitled it to The Adventures of Superman in honor of the uh, the TV show. And so The Adventures of Superman was um, several writers. I remember Jerry Ordway was the artist on that one, and it was just great stuff. And they really did a good job of building Superman. Like actually because of those comics, that's why we have the TV show, Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. So they made Clark Kent something. Um, and again, like I said, it, it's great because yeah, Clark still wants to be himself. He still wants to do stuff because there's a great moment in the man of steel. Like I love when he's like, he's a younger kid in high school and he's playing football and he's just scoring touchdown after touchdown. And he's the big hero of the team. And it's like, that's not Clark that we know no. the Clark we know was pretending to be Peter Parker, you know? Mm-hmm. And Paul is disappointed. And he's like, Hey, Paul, did you see the game? And he's like, yeah, I saw the game. And he's like, well, why are you disappointed? Paul, I, I practically single-handedly won the game. And he's like, I don't think you were sent here to score touchdowns sent here. What? And that's when finally Paul Kent shows him. He's like, this is what's happening. You're, you're special. You're, you're not here on this earth for just football. You're Mm -hmm. here for more. Um, and it really is just like, wow, like Clark became a person. Yeah. He went off and discovered himself and, and found his powers and, and heritage and things like that. But it was great to see that Clark was a person was a thing. So that's why I always like, Again, with the courtship or the love or whatever, you know, that that original triangle, Superman, Lois to Clark. That's why I always did like, though, that it was Clark trying to win Lois because it's like, who's not going to get enamored by Superman? You know, like anybody like I imagine if he saves some woman, she's probably like, oh, my God, this is the, <laughs> this is the most beautiful looking man, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, remember, flying is still the safest form of travel, <laughs> out there, you know, and he flies away. And it's like, how would you not be enamored by that? But Clark is the guy, the reliable guy, the guy that's always there. And I think that's why it was very, very important. So there was Lana Lang. (laughs) There was Lana. Laura. Laura Laramus. Laramus. The the mermaid. Uh, There was Maxima. She had a huge infatuation with Superman. Not Clark, Superman, because on her planet, you know, mating is for the strong. And so Superman is the strongest. So he had to shy away her affections big time. Uh, Who else do we have? Do, uh, I mean... mm, I know that in oh Cat Grant, Cat Grant, yeah, yeah, that That's was true. actually that was a fun one because at the point, so Cat Grant is very much a post-crisis creation, um, so she's the gossip queen of the Daily Planet, and she is the first person to notice Clark Kent. So she actually falls in love with Kent and he's kind of like, well, this is great. You know, like here's a woman who appreciates me and they're going out on dates and stuff like that. So that's adding that friction because <laughs> Lois is like, yeah, whatever, Smallville, you go have your fun. And, you know, Clark kind of is just like, well, my fun's with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but Kat was definitely a part of that as well. She's one of the many loves of Superman. Uh, there was an infatuation for Wonder Woman. Uh, I would definitely say pre-crisis, there was respect between the two because they had their own storylines. Uh, but then when the post crisis happened, they both met each other and there was just kind of this like infatuation, like, wow, she's so beautiful and, and mighty. And she looks at him and, you know, he's, he's the man and he's, he's respectable, you know? And, uh, I think Superman was going through some mind trauma. So at one point he actually kisses Wonder Woman and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, um, dark side, dark sides in my mind. Uh, I have to fly away now, you know, and, and stuff like that. And then, so, uh, I mean, we definitely always come back to Lois Lane. Like we, even in Elseworlds, it's usually still. Yeah. She's the one that kind of saves him. Cause I'd have to say if, if we're talking Elseworlds, I think one of my favorite ones was that Superman speeding bullets, mm -hmm. uh, where the Waynes find young Clark and 
you know, young Kal El. Yeah, yeah, young Kal El. Uh, he grows up to be Bruce, and I thought it was really neat that when when he runs into Lois, that's what kind of like she makes him realize like what are you doing what is this ridiculousness and then at the end of the story he does become superman because lois inspired him to be better so that's i mean i think we touched on that a little bit is that lois lane lois lane along with the kents but more lois lane bring that humanity to clark like make him grounds him makes it so that he remembers that he's uh I mean, he's not a human, but he is human. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So what are the other iterations of that relationship that you particularly like? Like, other than the comic books, I obviously started off with the adventures of Lois and Clark. Or was it? Lois and Clark, the, the new adventures of Superman. There you yeah. go. The ABC show. Yes. Um, that was Terry... Terry Hatcher, Hatcher and, and Dean Cain. And Dean Cain, yeah, yeah, as our Lois and Clark. So that was... 1993 so yeah that would have been my introduction to that love affair love relationship kind of thing yeah um they often had her tied to luther as a uh love interest yeah with clark just in the background being like well i love her too but i can't do anything about it yeah no i i oh my god so i love that series that is probably that is probably my favorite iteration of superman just because like yes the christopher reeve movies were great but they're movies. Mm-hmm. You only get eight hours at best with that whole set of characters. But with Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, you had four seasons of it. <laughs> All the crazy ridiculousness of it on a TV budget. Um, but I loved the fact that that, like, again, that that took the John Byrne stuff and it made it something we could watch. Uh, and I did. I loved the drama. Like, I think it was John Shea who played Lex Luthor in that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's this very charming man and all this stuff. And Lois, oh, he's a scumbag. But then, oh, deep down, he's a good guy. And he's <laughs> such he's such a worm. He's playing a part. You know, he's tricking Lois. And I love that, like, Clark Superman knows this. But again, he has so much respect that he's like, I can't. I can't get in the way. And I always remember that was one of my favorite heartbreaking scenes I think it was when Luther proposes to Lois and she says yes. Mm. And Clark just is like, ah, he's like like us. He's a man, you know, like, yes, we're not supposed to be the green eyed, jealous monster, but it happens. And he just, Clark Kent runs off, turns into Superman, he goes into the Arctic and just screams and all those like icebergs and stuff break. And I just was like, yep, I've been there 20 times. I get that. Finally, Superman, I connected, you know. I just, yeah, I love that show. That is probably like my favorite. Like I went and bought all of them on DVD, uh, which is a rare thing because who needs DVD? (laughs) But I still have them. I love them. That is like my favorite version of them. So you had all the serials. You had the, you know, the Lois and Clarks there. You had the George Reeves show. Yes. And then, uh, and then we had the Christopher Reeve movie um, where you have Marco Kidder as your Lois. Uh, then we go into movie wise is Kate Bosworth and Brandon Routh, and then- that one I didn't like. I would say that's probably my least favorite version of Superman and Lois. Really? Yeah, because no offense to Kate Bosworth, but she she played the weak Lois Lane. Like I just I didn't find her as like oh this is a woman who's gonna go out and like get that crazy story. She's gonna be the one scaling the side of a building. Uh, and then on top of that, while I did love Brandon Routh's portrayal of Superman, I didn't like Super Stalker Superman yeah. either. You know, he's like <laughs> super flying emo, over yeah. the house. You know, I'm just waiting for him to you know do a Tobey Maguire swap the hair. Oh jeez. You know? At least there was no dancing. And the, yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, and then uh, now our current one at, until they decide to change it is uh, Amy Adams and um, oh, Henry movies, Cavill. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that's movie wise. So yeah. TV show wise, we eventually we get Smallville version, which is uh, oh man, I know her name. I know it. Erica Durance. Erica Durance. Thank you. Erica Durance and uh, Tom Welling. And then, you know, I guess maybe, maybe that, that like, so that's probably my least favorite Superman TV show. Okay. Like I tried, oh man, this was like Hastings. And some of you will understand and remember that story. (laughs) So I worked for Hastings and one of the benefits was used DVDs. Like stuff would come in crazy cheap. And season one of Smallville finally came in like for seven bucks. I was like, I'm buying it. <laughs> and I so I worked my shift. I went home. I put in an episode. And I think I watched like the first three. And I felt like I watched the same episode. Because it's like Clark Kent is the hero of Smallville High. You know, and then here's Tom. Freaking Clark. What a jerk. I hate Clark. Oh, I found a green rock. I have powers. They fight. Clark wins. <laughs> episode two. Clark Kent is the hero of Smallville High. Then here's John. I hate Clark. Oh, here's a green rock. Rinse, wash, and repeat. And I was like, man. And granted, that early, like, you should never judge a show until season two, three. Like, you, it, it finds itself. But I was just like, yeah, this CW formula is not for me. I'm not into it. Um, That's fine. And, you know, Erica Durant doesn't show up as Lois, Lois until way yeah, after. I was going to say, like, way season, later. I think yeah. it's like season five or something like that. Yeah, so it did take a while till they got to that point. Um, then season six. Okay. Yeah, oh, sorry. season six. Okay. Because after the release of Superman Returns. And then we had, uh, and now we currently have Elizabeth Tulock and Tyler Hoechlin and the Arrowverse uh, as our Superman and Lois on the TV. I'm excited for that show. But I got to say this, like when we watched Crisis, okay, and Brandon Routh came in as Paragon <laughs> Superman, yeah. and that interaction he had with Elizabeth Tulak. Uh, Tulak and her Lois, I fell in love. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God, this is the Lois and Clark I want. Like no offense to Tyler. Hey man, that's cool. You get to play Superman. You know, I, I get to wear a shirt, you know, but man, but when those two were on the screen, I was just like. I want that. I want those two to be my Lois and Clark. You know, it just, I don't know. They had such a great chemistry. Like granted, I only know of Superman and, and well, their Superman and Lois from the crisis, crisis. Yeah. You know, but it just, it didn't feel like there was the chemistry there, but that happens, you know, when relationships, you know, at first it's like, I can't live without you. And then later on, it's like, all right, I'm going to go. I just got to go. I got to be away from you. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, they launch their baby into space and it's like, okay, you go here. I'll go there and eh, whatever, you know, so stuff like that. But, but I am excited for that show. Uh, it was kind of a shame, and I don't know, maybe things could happen. But I know Dean Cain and uh, Terry Hatcher are open to like a mini revival. I'm sure they would. That would be great because that last season ends. Yeah, yeah. It just ends like, there you go. There's a baby and <laughs> yeah. done. Yep. And I mean, at least John Wesley Ship finally got to put his it's flash true. to bed. Maybe that will be the next crossover event. Like, because we got so. to put his in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Maybe they'll. They'll do the same for... Okay, so spitballing an idea at you, knowing what you know, Superman, and everything that happens. How do you do it? Like, what story would you adapt to give it the le- the end of the new adventures of Lois and Clark? Oh, oh, well... Mm. Yeah, I'm throwing it at you. Do you the, want Son of Superman? I know you liked that graphic I did novel. love the Son of Superman. So, I mean, that show ended in 1997. So... Yes. That baby would be 23 now. Yeah. So, if they did it next year, 24... Yeah, I think that would be great. Like how you have a old, you know, older Dean Kane Clark, older Terry Hatcher Lois and then how do they deal with their uh young adult son who 
either has as much power as his father, more power as his father, or less power as his father. And uh, what does it look like? You know, what is it's what are you at the age twenty four? You know, yeah. after college, you know, trying to find yourself, trying to figure out who you want to be. Does he go out around the world just like his father did and and try to find out what it is to be Superman or to live in this world with, with superpowers? But I think that'd be pretty interesting. That could be a fun one to tackle. Yeah. Now, as soon as I said, I think now I found the ending. I want to give that Superman and Lois all star Superman. I see, and I'm, I've never been familiar with it. I know that he's dying in well, that. Well, that's, I think, would be neat because, like, not, not neat, but, like, <laughs> I think that'd be neat because, like, it'd be wild, like, to see that moment on TV when Superman is in the sun and he's just working it. Like, mm-hmm. Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane, she finds peace and acceptance. You know, the child has grown up and he gets to be Superman as well. You know, maybe it's like an amalgam of the two stories, but I think that's how I would write off Dean Kane's Superman. I would give him the all star ending. Very cool. I, yeah, that, I dig that. So, but comic book wise, what's what's one of your go to slow Lois and Clark stories? Ooh, gosh, that's tough. Honestly, I guess it, it like I I just actually reread it a couple days ago. The wedding album. Okay, I love that one shot because now is this the one that happened because the TV show? Yeah. Okay. Well, because okay, so that's a little funny history. So. Uh, they would have the Superman summits over summer. So the the creative teams of all the books at the time would get together and it's like, okay, what are we going to do to Superman? What's the plan? So they finally decided, because I think they were coming up on the 50th anniversary of Superman. And it was like, hey, maybe we should finally marry Lois and Clark. You know, So it was like, okay. So the engagement happens. So Lois says yes to Clark. And he's so happy and excited. Then a couple months later, he finally is like, Lois, there's something I have to tell you. I'm Superman. And she's just like bewildered by this. But okay, I'm still with you. This is great. Wow. And so it was like, okay, we're going to do this. And then Lois and Clark, the TV show happens. And it's like, well, we can't have a comic book married version of them because of the TV show. So the plans for that year were scrapped. And that's when the joke was, I think it was Jerry Ordway. He's like, well, let's just kill him. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. You've been throwing that out there for the last five years. Yeah, you know, I guess it's finally time to happen. So he does, you know, they they kill Superman. And that's why we got the death of Superman, which was talk about, as Bob Ross would say, what a happy accident. Uh, That is such a tragic era, though. Like, that's a great story, too. The death of Superman, funeral for a friend, and the return of Superman. Like, that really tests their love and their strength and all that. Um, So after he's killed, the TV show keeps going on, and then finally the TV show's like, okay, I think, like, season three, they were like, okay, let's give them the real wedding. No more clones, no more weird stuff. It's time for the real wedding. So Dean and, and Terry, they marry off their Lois and Clark. So now the comics can do it as well. So at this point, like what, 1996 or something like that? So Superman is powerless. And right. well, no, actually, before that, Lois broke off the engagement. She was like, look, I, I, I can't. I can't handle, you know, because you had the death of Superman. You had the trial of Superman. You had the death of Clark Kent. All these things that just tested her. And it's like, I don't know if I can subscribe to these issues anymore. Again, the need for the secret identity. <laughs> you know, you're putting your loved ones in such chaos, you know, just because you want to be a hero doesn't mean they want to deal with it either. Um, so like, yeah, it was really, really rough stuff. And so she breaks off the engagements, you know, they're still in good, but at the same time, they don't want to deal with it. Uh, Perry White is fighting cancer. So he steps down. So Clark actually becomes the chief, you know, so he's running the Daily Planet and, you know, the Sun Eater came and with the Sun Eater happening, Clark loses his Superman powers. So he's just, he's powerless, he's lonely and he's the editor in chief. So of course he's going to get a little cranky and things like (laughs) that. 
And, you know, he's like, well, where's Lois? You know, and they're like, oh, we don't know. And of course, everybody starts talking. Jeez, their engagement's over. And now he's mad at her. You know, he just wants to, you know, he can't hear her heartbeat, you know, and all that stuff. And so she finally comes back. She just solved this big, you know, crime. And not only is she getting the story, she's also a part of the story, you know, all these fun things. And she comes back and they meet and, you know, it's kind of awkward. It's the elephant in the room. And then finally she's like, well, you're not the real chief of the Daily Planet. He's like, no. And he tells her what happened. And she's like, well, why didn't Perry tell me? Why didn't you tell me? And he's like, you said you wanted to leave. I didn't want to burden you. And mm-hmm. even Perry told me not to burden you with this because he knew you wouldn't leave. So I thought that was real. Like, wow, that's the real stuff of a relationship. Then, of course, clumsy Clark isn't always an act. So he sure enough, he, he drops the glass. It breaks. He picks it up. He cuts his hand. And she's like, why are you bleeding? And he's like, well, I don't have powers. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he's a vulnerable man. And, you know, they, you know, luckily the engagement ring was in his pocket. So she grabs his, his handkerchief and she sees the ring and they decide, hey, it's time to get married. It's again. the right time. You know, and so you see Clark's bachelor party. You see Lois's bachelorette party, all the crazy shenanigans that it takes to happen. And better yet, Superman finally gets a haircut. No more mullet. <laughs> and uh, Lois and Clark get married. And it's a beautiful issue. So that's definitely one of my favorite fun go-to issues. Um, another one, though, that I do like was the Reign of the Doomsday. I thought that was fun. So that was basically like the last Superman story because after that, we go into Flashpoint. And I thought that was great. It just really went back into the mythos of the death, rebirth, and all that. So Superboy is a part of it. The Eradicator is a part of it. Cyborg, Superman, Man of Steel, all those elements are back. They're fighting these different doomsdays and, you know, they save the day. And at the end, it just ends with Lois and Clark, you know, reevaluating their relationship and their love. And it's like, we will always be together. And sure enough, they did because they survived New 52. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's your, what's I mean, your go-to? I don't have a particular one. Um, I just like, and I feel like they do it, redo it all the time in every different age of the characters. But the, the, the issues were issues or episodes, if you want to go to TV shows, um, where, uh, you know, essentially the power, Superman's powers are transferred over to Lois. And oh, she has to... You know, she gets to be a superhero for whatever amount of time, and and she gets to see what it is to be Clark or to be Superman or something like that. So, right. I always like those that those issues because it's like that's the thing that you're supposed to do in when in relationships. I feel like it's one of the things not become superhero, but to see <laughs> see the world from your partner's eyes to to see what it is that they have to deal with every day, and and then accept that, or you know, uh, at least be there for them when they break down or you know need that help need that helping hand kind of thing so i always enjoy those issues it's funny you mentioned that because i just i was going to pull that up after this talking point but that's where i was going to go uh, all-star superman number three there you like go he superman creates this formula it gives lois the powers for 24 hours and i think that was great you know it was just like i love that moment when they're both sitting on the moon together mm-hmm. it's like wow <laughs> You know, and and you're right. You bring up some good points. It's true. You have to understand your partner. You know, like what are they going through? And Clark gets that because he too is a reporter and he's on edge and he does these actiony things. But it is nice when Lois gets those moments. You know, and and it's even better the way you describe it when he's powerless and she's powerful. Uh-huh. You know, because now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like I can't protect the person I love. And I'm vulnerable, you know? So yeah, those are always fun moments. And even too, yeah, when they do it on the TV shows, it's even better. So that is our DC couple number one, the first couple of the DC universe. Who do you see as your DC couple? Like, who who is it that you think of first when you think of a couple? 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, you can also find Chris on Twitter at... I'm on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S-H-U-D. And make sure to check out his writing. Uh, yeah, so if you want to check out what I've got to say, uh, please go to geekelitemedia.com. Uh, I've got some articles up there. And also check out my reviews and articles over on adventuresinportaste.com. Uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. If you feel like writing us an email, you can find you can write that email to geeks at geekelitemedia.com. Yeah, please reach out to us, share your ideas, talk to us about stuff. We want to interact with you. And uh, we're going to be talking next week about uh, the Marvels. first couple of Marvel, first so couple. you can talk to us about who you think we're going to pick and then who you think we should pick so until next time all right it's spider ham (laughs) (laughs) until next time this is imagine if on the geek elite media network saying always remember to geek geek out this concludes our broadcast